Radio. Uh, hey, Technician 7, hit that one mic for me. No one mic? All right. Well, I'm hoping I'm live. I'm not operating my boards today, brothers and sisters, so I'm hoping I'm live. I'm not getting a lot of feedback. So let's start the show. All powers to oppress people, African power to an African people, and black power. It's your brother Yang Nkrumah coming to you today on another Sunday. I'm always excited about coming to Sundays. Maybe a little different today because um, what I'm excited about is we have our first no, our second orientation class coming out of orientation. So we have someone actually being trained on the boards. So like I said, there again, I don't even know if I'm doing a show right now. But uh, Seven, if I'm doing a show right now, please hit your mic, come in, and let me know we're live. Okay. Great. Um. With that, I'm going to say, uh, anyone, is someone on with me doing my boards? Okay. Let's see. Let's see what I what I can do, uh, brothers and sisters. Looks like I'm in it myself. You guys are going to have to give me a second to go to the studio. But if uh, if I am, if you are in here, shut up my voice. Uh, if you can just be patient with me for a moment, and we'll see what's going on. You, I fight myself, I fight God to tell me how many burdens left. I fight pain and hurricanes today I wept. I'm trying to fight back tears, flood on my doorstep. Life to live in hell, puddles of blood in the street, shooters on top of the building, government aid and relief, earthquake, the body drop, the ground. All proud of people, African out of an African. Black. Yes, this is what I'm talking about. This is more how I like it. 
It's your brother coming to people black town uh and he really to rap some real stuff to you. I had this whole show line why can't why why can't we be together as a people? You know, what prevents us from seeing ourselves as a people, excuse me. See some people and work together collectively. I still wanna have but I wanna add in some things, you know, because the world has just exploded. And if it already wasn't in a fight, I don't even know. Exploding is the right word, but the I mean, what can I say? Listen, if you haven't heard, and I don't know the particulars, but in the news, the protests are two separate incidents and two different protests where protesters have been killed. Intuition. Caring members of some white supremacist group, they are white supremacist sympathizers or um, people who want to ensure that the status quo is maintained, at the very least. And I would say, and that is the very least, and it would have to be extreme in that because they are willing to take life. Now, here you and I, we do a lot of rapping. Rah, 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 rah. And see, here's my problem. Now, I'm going to have some black militants and revolutionaries mad at me, but damn it, I have to call a spade a spade. Enough is enough. And my problem is with white people, any people killing people, but particularly in this incident, white people killing us. But what adds or compounds to my problem with the whole thing is the response that I'm getting from the so-called black militia or the so-called black defense units. You know, a lot of it is uh, the language of I, either I told you so or, you know, only I got my gun and I was trying to get your gun. You should eat 90, 90, 60, 60, poo-poo. That's what it sounds like. And really what it is is people, uh, they're trying to find some way to come with grips with their being just fake and phony. And in order to deal with their conscience, in to deal with them really just being a big hoax, a big joke, masquerading, running around here in DDU battle dress uniforms and military um, um, weapons, and not, not busting a grape in a fruit fight. And I'm not saying going out and do something, though, hell, where's the defense? Where's the defense? Well, brother, how are we going to defend them? We can't be everywhere at every time. First, let's address that. I'm waiting for one of these sucker MCs to come to me with that empty line of reasoning. It's cowardly. We can't be everywhere at every time. (laughs) Snibble, snibble. No, 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 you can't. And you couldn't be there because, first of all, let's let's look at the differences. And, yeah, and I'm talking to you armed militias, you so-called defense mechanisms, you so-called, all this bravado and machoism and machismo, oozing of extra manhood, all of this. See, I'm talking to you, brothers. I'm talking to you, brothers. One of the reasons that you're ineffective is because your protests 
are staged. Let me explain what I mean by that. Your protests are staged. You've gotten permits. You've talked to all the right authorities. You've crossed your T's and dotted your I's. You've signed on the line. You've done everything to ensure that you not only have your so-called legal rights to demonstrate, but you have assured them that it will be a peaceful demonstration or they wouldn't have given you a what? Permit. Permission. Permit. Permission. You must get a permission to hold your so-called demonstration. But what you see happening to the people, where you see the people murdered at, when you see these so-called demonstrations, they are really uprisings. They're spontaneous. They're instantaneous. They're on the bomb. They're on the dime. They're a reaction to the injustice uh, the injustice faced by oppressed people. This is what you're looking at. And if you're not attached to these people, if you don't have some connection to these people, you'll miss it. You won't even know. Because let me tell you, there's no permits giving to spontaneous reaction to injustices. There are no permits giving. So if you aren't one with the people, then you're in. You're left out. And a lot of times you're left out, being left out is um, uh, intentional. It's hard to distinguish or make the difference between you and the enemy. The only difference is your melanated skin. You speak like them, you act like them, you walk like them, you talk like them, you even treat us like them. So the only difference is your melanated skin, and we're living in an era that we clearly understand that this fact has has been reiterated to us over and over and over again that all our skin folks isn't our kin folks. So, yeah, I'm I'm, 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 I'm very let them mind your ears. I'm pissed. I'm very upset. You know, I'm beyond disappointed. I'm pissed. Because I'm at what's for us that have concerns for what you're doing black people have concerns for your it's our concerns for actions that you're taking, knowing that we complain them. But when actions are taken, when they have a reaction they have a response to our statements. The only response you have, the only rebuttal you have is to forget yourself from the black community by feeble excuses. We can't protect everyone. You wake, you're cowardly. You're a punk. And you're going to know yourself. You're very. Upset. You call militia minded, military minded sucker. You're, you're following me. You're right now listening to my voice. You are seething. You're upset. You're steaming under the collar. And you're upset with me. You're not upset with me. We should be upset with the perpetrators of these, uh, these atrocities. You're not too upset with me. You're probably mad. You're not. To upset with that, or the most important person you should be upset with, which is your damn self. For your willingness and ability to be able to help master. And, and how does that go into when? How could I help that? Your inability and unwilling to ask. Not asking. Elders. And wise men and women 
people that have been in service to our movement, who have dedicated their life of loved ones and the life of loved ones through death and prison. There's plenty of people, plenty of places to get wisdoms and advice if we find ourselves in a rut, our stuff will be a demise and undoing. And that would be fine if I was hatched to your black ass. I didn't want to say it, but it's effective. It would be fine if I wasn't attached to you, but I'm attached to you. So then you must be accountable for your actions. Because if you don't hold yourself accountable, now is the time for us real revolutionaries. Not just to fight overt enemy, not just to fight the enemy that we know. We know the system is an open enemy to us. We know the system is an open enemy to us. But now it is time to fight the convert enemy. The enemy that masquerades as one of us, not just melanation, not just through their black skin, also through their speech and their dress and their sometimes their actions. We have to listen closely. And if we listen closely and watch even closer, then I'm willing to keep you father's Negro. And Uncle Tom, my handkerchief and buck bands and backwards and that Cause only action that sets you back further. Either the action of people destructions against the people who came before them whom they disagree with. This is kind of an anti revolutionary. Why the revolutionaries learn from the revolutionaries of the past. We've learned from the Malcolm. We've learned from my dear brother Huey. Uh, we've learned what revolutionaries do when disagree with other black people. And we learn what revolutionaries don't We find where Haj Malik Shabazz, more commonly known as Malcolm X, came back and apologized for some of the things you see where, or in later years, if any of us have read some of the writings of Dr. Newton, we find where some of his stances and if not, if you don't find it in the writings of Dr. Newton, in a lot of the what we call original, in the People's Black Panther Party, we call them third development, Panthers. But what, what they're more commonly referred to as the original Black Panthers will tell you, the disagreement they had with the United Slave Organization, the US Movement, and Karina and that bunch, let it go. It was infiltrated. It was provoked. COINTELPRO had their hands all in it. The government stoked the flames. Like the government stoked the flames of the nation of Islam. They all put the bullet in the gun and pulled the trigger on our dear brother Malcolm. So us as revolutionaries have learned the do's and the don'ts. So if you find one still repeating that mistake of vehemently going after other black leaders or other black activists who has no pull-up. They're going after them personally, and they're attacking their character, and they're bringing up things that aren't relevant to their position in a movement. Well, you know the boy's head. You, you know the boy, his son's head. Is, have you seen his daughter's feet? They're, they're uh, creating this negativity. 
You will find them to be anti-revolutionary, and a lot of those you find getting in these groups, and they're clicking up. And not only are they anti-revolutionary, but they're neo-colonialist, they're blackface and white place, they're Uncle Tom's, they're handkerchief heads, and you will find them speaking to black people in the most horrible speech. So you can only imagine what happens when you ask them a question or when, because I'm done asking them questions or what they're doing. I'm outright pointing the thing at them now. I'm telling them, you're not doing anything. We're being murdered. Well, what are you doing? I'm doing what I do. I don't profess to do what you do. I do what I do. And a lot of what I do, you know, because I'm very public as a, a, a speaker, you know, you know, I'm opinionated. And some things I do with people who don't want to be filmed. Unlike you, some of them don't have their, they, they're not afforded their constitutional rights. They haven't been good little boys and good little girls. And you, your good little boy, good little girl self have the audacity to talk about those people who have already lived in our already showed the government that their rules mean nothing to them when it comes in the face of survival. Well, you've acquiesced and buck-danced and cow-tied your whole damn existence. And then have the nerve to come off tough. And then when someone asks you, why aren't you looking out for the masses of people, you throw it back on the masses of people where they should have had their guns. Some of them can't carry guns like that. I thought I told you before. See, but you don't want to hear the truth. My, my show is going to be on what prevents us from coming together as a people, but I guess this is one of the topics. This, I mean, this is one of the issues, antics, very silly and foolish antics. That's what prevents us. I don't know if, um, you know, like I said, I have operators operating. I have seven operating, which is great, I believe, right now. I don't know if she can hear me. Seven, can you hear me? Are you on the line? Greetings. So I, I know it's, you know, it's one. different. Oh, you can hear me? Okay. I didn't know if callers anything. You can jump in any time. Um, you know, the floor <laughs> is always open. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I can I can hear the passion coming through, and, and I already know when you start talking about that accountability, that accountability, uh, what type of program it's going to be. You know, this is something that we got to get good on. You know, and maybe the problem could be people don't know what their role is. The one thing you said is I do what I do, and I'm very vocal about what I do. Maybe people don't have that thing that they do the thing they're accountable for, they're responsible for, the thing they're going to make sure this don't go down on my block, um, this don't happen at my school, this doesn't happen in my neighborhood. You know, where are people supposed to be and, and what is their responsibility? And I think if we could clearly define that some more, then you could have people kind of stand on the line and say, okay, I hear you. I'm going to do my part. This is my yeah. part. But, you know, I don't think that that's clear enough to find. I don't think we give enough credit and honor for the people that do the everyday operational stuff. Um, we so focused on the head that we totally forget that, you know, without that right hand, we ain't Absolutely. got nothing. You know, and so there are people that don't know what they do slash what they can do for the movement. And if you don't know those two things, then things do fly on your watch. You should have caught that. Absolutely. And so, you know, that that's one thing. Well, I'm, I'm a lot of people. About where should they be? Yeah. 
Well, a lot of people, I think, actually, we live in this era of the superhero. Every movie has a superhero. America is built on that. John Wayne, the Maverick, this, you know, the the pioneering spirit, that grandiose spirit. And, you know, which is cool. We should have desires and goals. But I would tell my black people, it starts with something simple as we say, man, where can I start? What am I accountable for? First, you're accountable to yourself. And then to black people, it starts with something as simple as giving a smile. Something as simple as changing our disposition towards black people. We can practice being forgiven. We can practice saying good morning. And once we start at the simple things, I say, you know, the only way you can do anything, it's like a job or any, you have to be trained, you have to have an orientation, you have to practice at it, anything. And it's the same with being a revolutionary or melanated or black person, whatever we're calling ourselves. Once we started just pleasantries, just every day making ourselves being pleased with seeing black people, then we start at training, meaning, and how do we train? They say, Chairman Yang, how do you train? By getting the information, by joining a progressive black organization. Hey, here's the People's Black Panther Party for self-determination. We would love to have you. Like our national director of operations is saying, we're beginning to start our classes now monthly, but as time goes on, we'll have a class. You know, who's telling? And if you can't make one, then we'll have them going, well, you know, listen, I didn't make that class. I wanted to catch this class and that class. And once you get the information, then you can begin to apply it to your life. And that's where it starts. So it just starts at waking up one morning and say, hey, you know what? I'm black. I'm black. And I'm going to stop doing things that are destructive to black people, starting with me. If I have this cigarette habit, mm-hmm. let me slow down. If I'm a pack a day, let me start working on have a pack till I quit. If I drink, let me start. Whatever. I'm going to love black people, starting with that black person I see in the mirror every morning. I'm going to love me. Then I'm going to love my wife and my kids, my neighbors, and I'm going to extend like that. And to empower that and strengthen that, I'm going to seek people out who love black people, and I'm going to seek information that will give me the tools to further the love of black people. And I think that's where we, you know, and that's just my opinion, brothers and sisters, but I think that would be a solid start. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Another, you know, if I can add two yeah. more seconds into that. Please. Um, not just mm-hmm. loving yourself. We we have to really start to honor and give uh, respect to those that everyday positions, okay? Um, yes. You know, we have teachers and educators, these teachers, the teachers, their mamas, their daddies, they, they, they're the cooks. They be putting lotion on your child. They be, you know, wiping the spit out mm-hmm. their eye. You know, we have educators that really, really go all out for their kids. And not for their kids, your kids, you know what I'm saying? But yet we don't mm-hmm. treat them like, to me, the heroes that they are and that they could be and that they should have that respect of um, because, their salary ain't what it what it should be um, because they do it all the time. They do it sometimes they tired whatever whatever. So I think not only do we need to start um, holding ourselves accountable, I think we need to re redistribute value in our system. You know, elders oh, need oh, to start I love stepping it. up. You know, we, we got to really really do something. Um, oh. More oh, you're on my topic so now. We gotta revalue our stuff. Oh, oh, I know, I know. Please, please. Oh, you. <laughs> listen, 
I will talk about that to the cow because I know that to be the truth. Communalism is one of the biggest answers. And what you're speaking about is communalism. And here, let me give an example of how we used to do communalism. And in, in communalism, we set our own morals. We set what was um, great positions or jobs or occupations in our community. We set who were leaders of our community. Like, you know, now it's all about just mega, star, mega stars. When we were coming up, and, and Seven, I know you can bear witness to that. When we played, we played in our community, people were the great leaders in our community, which were the servants. Summertime, we played school. Everybody wanted to be a teacher. I'm the teacher. We played church. Yep. I'm the preacher. Yep. We played yep. doctor. Yep. We played fireman. We played people who were of service to our – we didn't play like these kids. Everybody's a rapper. Everybody's making so – I'm playing rapper. I'm playing gangster. I'm playing – we didn't play – we – the superstars of our community were those people in church. And I know it sounds strange, but I'm telling you, me my and my sisters used to argue who would be the teacher. And so we'd have to have periods, different classes. Including <laughs> – So each of us uh-huh. – Including Officer Friendly. I need everybody to understand, yeah. including Officer okay. Friendly. Officer Friendly was a part of our neighborhood, and yes. he sat at the crosswalk and waved to us, and he came into our school yes. and said, hey, boys and girls, I'm here to help you if you get lost. And, and so we mm-hmm. didn't have these, you know, mega stars who turned into reality shows to where we watched their every movement and their – boyfriend's movement and a girlfriend's movement and, and right. all of this. We didn't right. do that. We had people that we saw in our life, in our community, and everyone, uh, good morning, Mr. Abdullah. Good morning, Miss Abdullah. I mean, it, it was always mm-hmm. respect and everything else like that. So that's how we grew up. But that's not what's going on now. And that's why we have Absolutely. to go back and change the value. The value system has to go. You know what I'm saying? Reading was mm-hmm. was fundamental. You know what I'm saying? Back in the day, Pizza Hut used to give out little gift certificates if you read so many books, you know? And I used yes. <laughs> one of my first jobs in college was I uh, worked at Pizza Hut, a little waitress trying to get some money, trying to get some food. And so whenever a kid came in, boy, we would clap and shout and just have a good time because they read the book. We'd ask them about the book and stuff. And we would see, a little college kid, I would see people in there with four and five kids, and all they got was that one pizza. It's a little personal paying pizza, you know, meaning they didn't have money for anything else. That was it. But they came out to support and to celebrate this one kid who had read. And I was like, look, manager, you got to do this. You got to do that and everything else like that. But – you know, we found ways to make it very, very special to do good, positive things. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's still going mm-hmm. on. I don't know if we're still celebrating no, no, things I'm, like reading, you know, basic things. This, but I don't know if they're celebrated. No. I think video games are celebrated and rapping is celebrated and cursing. I've seen a lot of cursing yeah, well, videos. You know, the, exactly. The extended family. There's no extended family. There's no sense of family. When I say when I talk about this thing called uh, communal, when I talk about this thing called community, I mean in every sense of the world, psychologically, spiritually, physically, and it has come under attack. 
And 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 one of the things I think that is important for us as black people to understand how when we say community, how that is a tree with branches and roots that go off everywhere. That when we affect one thing, when it, okay, you know, here again, you know, I like to give my examples, listeners, so bear with me. And there you listen to the People's Black Panther Party for Self-Determination. Press 1 if you want to, and you can get in a conversation. If you're like, look, I'm just chilling, listening to UN7. I know how y'all get down. That's cool also. Um, but what, one of, the, one of the, the ways that back in the day, and this is not a knock on young mothers or teenage pregnancies, things happen, but it wasn't as acceptable. It was a stigma, actually, when you go a little bit absolutely. further. Not so much in my time. It, huh? I said absolutely. So, uh, absolutely. Right. So it was, it, it was a stigma. One of the reasons, though, not only was it discouraged, and was it a stigma is because they understood the dynamic that it would have on the black community. This is a fatherless child. It's not just the psychological trauma that this child is going to suffer. There's a physical, there's an expense that comes with this baby that somebody's going to have to bear. The baby just doesn't go anywhere because the dad doesn't do what he has to do. Somebody has to bear this expense. Hence, shotgun weddings, frowning upon unwed pregnancies, and because it affected the community. When our government stepped in and not only um, said, you know what, we'll take care of you if you have a a child outside of wedlock or with this man, but it not only said to do that, it almost seemed as if, and this may be my my conspiracy theorist side, it almost seemed like it was encouraged. You know, it's like, why you with that dude? And, you know, if you with him, you get nothing. You know, not a family aid packet. Let's not help black people with a family aid packet. Let's not say, okay, you and your man together, you can do this. It was, look, if you got a man living here, you can't get this supplement. If you got a man, you can't get this uh, for groceries. If you got a man, no, 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 no. So bad so one time. I actually remember white people coming into my house looking to see if a man had lived there. Looking in my mom's room, my room, coming through the house, actually inspecting, uh, inspecting. And I believe she was on some program uh, that she was required, this was required. But the humiliation, the degradation, that an adult has to let another adult, and then me as a young black male and my two young black uh, sisters watching white people walk through our home, the, the invasion and the violation. You know what I'm saying? There's no sense of dignity and integrity. There's no sense that this is your home when someone can come in and make you open your closets and pull you to the side. Hey, does a man stay here when mommy's not here? You know, this type of devilment that I don't know if it still goes on that used to go on to encourage uh, the separation of black family and to discourage their unification. And I think all of this, when you do this and you do this over time, it begins that it has its effect on society. So people are not going to stop having sex. People are not going to stop coupling. People are not going to stop having relationships. What's going to happen is like we did in slavery, we're going to jump the broom. You're just not going to know. We're not going to go through the state. We're not going to do that. And and, and it's going to be a less common thing. That was cool in a time when communalism had us tight and we had you know, that faith, whether it was in God or it was just an understanding between families and what was right and wrong. Now those type of relationships, due to lack of morality, just those type of understandings are even in danger. Now it's just let's hook up, 
Well, I'm not saying this. You know, I don't want to trivialize it by black people. I know I'm simplifying it a little more than it is, but just what seems to be apparent a lot of times is just, okay, let's hook up. We got babies. But where is, like we were saying earlier, the accountability, the responsibility, the thing to making better community. This is just bigger than you and that brother or brother is just bigger than you and that sister. And now even with your child, which makes it huge, it's even more huger. Is that a word? Huger just with the fact that you are, right, okay, with the fact that you are a family. Whether you acknowledge it or not, whether you accept it or not, brother, when you impregnate that sister, you have children, you are a family. You are just dysfunctional. That's it. You're an absentee father, this and that, but you're still family. Mm-hmm. You're just dysfunctional. You know, yep. when you're talking about the separation of the family, not only um, we have an unwed situation here, even if you are wed and you're going through a hard time, there are very, very few family shelters. Um, I, working in the uh, the social area, the social department, there I don't, I can't remember any family shelters. There's a men's shelter, there's a women's shelter, and then there's a women and children's shelter. Wow. But there's never a family shelter. And so if you're going through hard times, you know, you married, you trying to hold it together. It won't be together together because the system has already worked its way around that. And so we have to recognize, and everybody who's heard me speak once, you've heard me speak a thousand times, I truly believe the black family is the answer to all the problems. But like you're stating, Chairman, there's so many things that work actively against the black family. And and there's laws and things in place. We don't even realize how they work against the family, how the government is promoting non-family ideas, ideals in our community. And so when we get caught up in their dysfunction, because what they're talking about doesn't work for us. You know, you always got to stop and think, does this work for you? No, no. Those those men that are not in the uh, the projects with the women, we need you in the projects with the women. It goes down in the projects, okay? We need security up in here. Right, right. We need, we need. That's what we uh, need, brother. Uh, that. Right. We, we need you. Don't don't think just because they don't they have a no brother policy doesn't mean that you're not needed in that situation. Usually, when they do separate you, is when you're needed the most. You know what I'm saying? It's almost like a hint or a clue as to what's going on and and all of the the hardships that people got to struggle with in this life. So, you know, we have to struggle and be determined in preserving this family and and watching for places and spaces that look to separate our families because that those are the problems. Those are when we're going to have the most issues because we've moved away from that. Absolutely. I, I totally agree. I totally agree. Yeah, I think I it's one of the ways like that I Please, you have a moment, open the line. Someone I'd like to speak. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, please, open the lines up. Greetings, welcome to the show. Peace. Peace, how are you? Peace, peace. Am I... Okay, uh, 
Brother Bernard, uh, thank you for uh, inviting me into the presentation. I've been listening. Uh, oh, I mean, uh, kudos uh, to you know the two of you. I mean, I appreciate the the uh, opportunity to speak again. But um, you know, in, in adding on or building on to what you both are you know alluding to in terms of the importance of family. You know, one thing we have, the only caveat I would add in there is, you know, to think about that adjective, healthy family. I mean, uh, you know, sometimes families, you know, you know, white supremacy has affected, infected, you know, so many of us that, you know, even when we come into these unions infected, you know, sometimes we, you know, don't have the wherewithal to cure those infections and it, you know, ends up tearing down the roots of, those trees, you know, you get, you know, kids who are dealing with things in that household becomes toxic sometimes. And, you know, we, we are the type of people that will just throw the baby out with the bathwater. You know, and that reality tends to, you know, put us in a situation of underdevelopment, of social underdevelopment. Um, so, the, so the big question is how do we, uh, you know, build the type of social development that will lead us ultimately, to coming together, to unifying, uh, you know, so that we can, you know, recognize the true enemy that we're fighting and work to preserve ourselves, you know. So, you know, I, I would I would ask the question, you know, you know, reform, you know, does reform has, have a place in the trajectory of revolution from where we are today? You just said a whole lot, brother. I'm so glad you said these yeah. words because, we, okay, look, get, give me, if your mic is still open, okay? I want you to know that you can join back into the conversation for a second. But but give me two okay. seconds, all right, Chairman, two seconds, because yeah. something major was said here, underdevelopment. These words, when you said them, mm-hmm. it, it sounded like an echo, 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 underdevelopment. And we have to stop and think about the things that create underdevelopment in our community, and there's so many. First thing I can think of is is the incarceration system, jail system. You know, every moment in jail slows and delays the learning process. Not that they're not learning and that you're not still growing, but you're learning and growing in other ways that don't have a, a purpose out into this society. So the things that you're supposed to be learning in society, that's delayed. You know, when you when we don't have proper education in our communities, we're delayed. Um, when we have um, a value system that's corrupted and, and, and out of whack and we're valuing making babies as rather than making connections, and, and when, when all of that becomes the, the new value system rather than, you know, getting out and getting a job and everything else like that, we're, we're, our values are off, so we're delayed again. So we have so many. So one person, male or female, can have so many of these things come up in their life that they're truly retarded. You know, not in a, not. I'm not talking about riding a short bus. I'm talking about you're delayed to the point where you're missing some fundamentals. And so we have to. So you might be thirty. But really, with your underdevelopment, you might now be 26. You know, you, you might be, and, and the problem with underdevelopment is if you're 18 and thinking that you've grown, 
but you're really underdeveloped mm-hmm. 16, that's a big difference. You could you thinking you've grown and, like, you could be laid up in my house and you could do all this other stuff, and that ain't going to happen. So um, mm-hmm. that underdevelopment is a real – that's its own topic right there. How do we deal with the underdevelopment? How do we get back on task, caught up? How do we match this equally yoked idea? And um, that's very real. That's very real. All right, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. I I, I you know, know this uh, real question. Okay. Uh, let me. I want to jump in. I want to because you said some things too. I wanted to address. One, mm-hmm. when and and it's on the underdevelopment, which I think goes into. Hold on for one moment. Let me put my phone on better. Which I think goes into a lot of questions when you said healthy family. I think that's very important. Well, in health, we have to look at that. If we're underdeveloped because we don't produce what we used to produce. You know what I'm saying? Yep. I, I think that that's very important to understand in what areas we're developing, what we mean by and what standards we're holding. Because if we hold other, if we hold as black people China standards, we'll be underdeveloped forever. You know what I'm saying? But let's first start with get our own. Backwards from just very basic uh, understanding of of, of of self-determination. We're hustling backwards. We uh, are more than Our community is in disarray. So just from our own standards that we set for ourselves. So I even say that to go, not be long when, when healthy families. What are we calling a family? What uh, standard of measurement are we using to say this is what a healthy family is. Are we saying mom, dad, two point such and such children and a dog in a house? You know, or are we you are we looking at what is real, relevant, and um, just every day for us? You know what I'm saying as a standard and start to use productivity, positivity, and things that are beneficial as our standards. Okay, people helps us. Maybe we should incorporate that. That's I wanted to say that. And then secondly, lastly, on the question of reform, uh, is reform a process, I believe you said, to the role revolution or can you use the process of revolution? I believe, yeah. Is it, I believe the revolution is just that, a process. I believe that as long as, as one doesn't see a solution in reform of these policies, then Practicing in the political practices and procedures of the country you're in, I think, is only smart for a couple reasons. One, it educates us to political processes. Secondly, I think what it does will help us to further see the contradictions and the hypocrisy of a nation that's supposed to be free and practice democracy. And once we have that understanding with a certainty and can break it out in the language that the masses can digest, it make it easier for them to understand why we're in the position we're in, despite the effort we're putting to get out of it. What I'm saying is, I know a lot of us say, man, I'm doing everything for us to get out of it, but our, our apathy and our lack of involvement in politics, our lack of understanding of politics, is keeping us on a hamster's wheel. So, yeah, I think that getting involved in the process, uh, participating in it to do whatever we can to make laws that will alleviate I don't think all that will at least give us a reprieve. I don't think it's going to completely solve our problem, but it will at least give us some shade in this desert of injustice. I think we'd be foolish 
not to take every advantage that we have, you know, but all the while remembering that our ultimate goal is to be an independent people and you can't be independent in a system that enslaved you, then allegedly freed you, but didn't give you an opportunity on what you want to do. When it freed us, we should have had three opportunities in my conclusion. One, to go back to our place of origin. Two, to go start out, to go be self-determinants, to start our own destiny. Or three, to voluntarily participate in this system. We were so-called, we were enslaved, so-called free, then forced to adhere to the laws of this society, our former captors and slave masters. The whole thing is a hypocrisy and a hoax. But, you know, here's the unfortunate thing. We're forced to sit at the table. So I'm not going to sit at the table with a handful of cards, and then they come to me and say, throw your card in, and I renege, or I'm not going to play. You're forcing me to play. So I'm going to play so I can kick the goddamn table over. Excuse me, and that's, and that's So that's my take, take on that. If I could, um, you know, you know, you know, add a little bit more <clears throat> based please. off what it was just spoken. Hello? Yes, please, go uh, ahead. Are you, okay. All right, so I just wanted to say this. Um, you know, I, I, as I think about the problems, you know, my instinct is to always, you know, think of solutions. You know what I mean? So, you know, I guess that's the, you know, the, the conscious quasi-lawyer in me, you know, but... um. You know, so two things I want to, you know, add in there, you know, in terms of, you know, how to stimulate development socially. And I think that begins with a paradigm shift in in our thinking. You know, um, for example, uh, there, there was a time when, you know, a man, okay, when you started throwing around the term man, real man, well, you know, you know if a, if a man lost his job, an honorable man, lost his job and he is, you know, taking care of a family, you know, it, it, it was, a, it was common, you know, to see that man, you know, have a, have a classified ad in his back pocket with a million X's on it. And, and, you know, you know, he get up every morning and the routine of the family continues because, you know, just because there's a, a, a hurdle to, to jump, you know, families knew how to instinctively, uh, you know, cover down. It was natural, normal, and, and it didn't affect the the health of the family. Okay, but, you know, you know, we have a culture where, you know, and I'm going to use this, uh, you know, reference as a movie that I just started watching on Netflix called The Lost Husband. And, you know, what's unique and beautiful about this movie is that, you know, you have this high white suburban family you know, intact, in order, active husband, active wife, you know, and, and they live a posh reality. You know, the husband dies, and this woman's entire world is shattered. She has two kids. You know, this woman has to, to her grandmother's ranch or farm, uh, you know, to for for refuge because, you know, she, she needs, Immediate help, you know, as, as their world was ripped apart, and literally, the, the the grandmother runs a tight ship farm where where everyone gets down and dirty and work every day. This woman but, having to go through Don, that re-education. And I day. hate to, but Don, I hate to put a rush on you. You got like we got like ten minutes in the show, so I want to put 
uh, right. uh, I kind of want I'm you gonna, to get to the job, bring hard home for I'm going to put a pin in it right there. I'm going to put a pin in it right there because I think I telegraphed the point. You know what I'm saying? He, her kids connected with that uh, reshifting paradigm because this woman had to learn how to reappreciate what it meant to go back to down home values. And in that mm-hmm. environment, she finds a working class man who gets up every day, kills the ground, uh, you know, gets milks the animals, uh, you know, and he's a, and he's a man's man. And I think, I think if we can get back to that, uh, you know, make that popular in popular culture, you know, we always want to, you know, sensationalize in our movies and sensationalize in our music, and that has a uh, uh, an effect on that. It, it helps reduce that underdevelopment. We need a we need a new we need a healthier culture. I agree. I, I, I told agree. you know what I'm in total <laughs> I'm, so I'm in total agreement with that. I, I want Amen. yeah I'm in total agreement with that. I want to add on to that though, you know, because I'm in total agreement. You know, in conjunction with developing that that new culture, that understanding, and and yeah. you know, at risk of sounding contrary, I don't want to sound contrary to my brother. I wouldn't even call it a new culture. I would say just going back to some old values. You know, we always had that what defied manhood. But one of the things that we're we're wrestling we're with now, you know what I'm saying, as far as what defies manhood, like you said, brother, getting out, getting it in, doing what it takes, is the systematic targeting of black males. When you have the jobs becoming more technological and the system putting less money and less um, emphasis or attention on black males graduating or the institutions making them, people that can get these jobs be uh, com- what they call it com- competitive, you know, giving them a competitive edge uh, to be able to compete. So a lot of times in our institutions, we don't have that. And when we find a few brothers who do escape, like, you know, Seven, I have to use your son as an example, uh, the few brothers that do escape a lot of these traps, those are usually exceptional brothers. And what ends up happening, two things happen from them. The divide is so great from them. Like, he had a son there that is, is brilliant. His connection with the masses of black people is strained because yes. education, uh, further, you know, um, the things that he's interested in and even way he wants to go in his life is just not common in the black community. And I don't blame the parents. I don't blame any of them for it. It's just not what's seen in our community. The institutions don't promote it. Don't listen. It's so serious in the little town they live in. They probably get funding because he isn't at school. That's how, and I say that <laughs> to say, not just brag on him, but to show you how they really don't, care about the black children at school. They don't computer programs and none of that. When he went there, it's like, yo, we got to do something to keep him in here. Or we can at least now appeal to the government because our grade point is at such a state we can say, yeah, we qualify for this plan. You see, if you don't have institutions that even get the children to reach a certain grade point, they don't even qualify for certain magnet programs and computer programs. Small this is by design. So that's one thing. And then the other is criminalization of the black male. They criminalize us. I had a nephew that these police did something totally illegal. We were in the yard. He was smoking marijuana. They came, and the lady yard was in told the police officers, I know you're not in our yard. 
and told him to come out of the yard. When he came out of the yard, they reached in his pocket, found half a small 